So this is a bit of a two-parter. I'm going to just jump right into this next video. The last video was kind of the first half of a baseline epistemology. We just briefly got to, I think, therefore I am, I exist, I am a consciousness, I'm here. And then uh, the idea of realism, which is that the world around us is real and not an illusion. And a very, very brief defense of that being Occam's razor. Uh, but again, my point here is not to get into nitty-gritty philosophical debates. Um, that uh, This is what we probably all agree on anyway. And in fact, one of the main things I care about in my epistemology is to avoid the really abstract, uh, vague stuff that doesn't feel like it has that much bearing on our day-to-day -day life. Um, because that's not how we use our epistemology usually. Um, so, okay, we're at realism now, and uh, what I would say is the most reasonable way to take in the world and process it and decide what's true or not is what is called critical realism. I first learned that term from one of my favorite authors, N.T. Wright, who is one of the world's leading Bible scholars and just kind of a genius. Uh, he's just uh, extremely well-read. Um, uh, smart person, and um, he was talking about it, critical realism, in terms of uh, historical research. And because with, with history, you run into the same problem. Are we talking about actual events that happened, or is history, real history, real past events, so inaccessible to us that when we try to analyze it, are we simply talking about ourselves um, because of our biases and the limited amount of data we have. Uh, and that, that is the equivalent of the solipsism, the idealism, the it's on illusion. So to contrast that, someone like N.T. Wright is a critical realist, which is to say that we can talk about actual historical events. We can get back to that. Will we ever be sure? Will we ever have it down perfectly? No, just like we'll never um, understand or process and take in the external world perfectly. Like our uh, faculties and our ways of measuring things will always be flawed, but that doesn't mean we aren't actually measuring something that's real. So that's the critical part. So we already covered the realism part and that's the critical part. And what I would say is we essentially all as children um, I would argue we all start with naive realism, um, which is simply we believe everything is real unless we are a very strange child and we think we live in a dream. Uh, otherwise, we think everything's real, but we also are very naive about it. We just kind of take it in. We just we hear something from our that our parents say uh, about the world, and we're like, well, that's the world, the way the world is. We believe it. So it's a very naive way of deciding what's true in the world. So I would call that naive realism. And then over time, we become more and more critical. And then that's where people start to diverge about how critical to go. Should we become uh, so critical that we fall into extreme skepticism and feel like we can't know anything? Or do we stay kind of on the naive side where we too easily accept um, what we think is true? So, 
uh, I think critical realism is the most reasonable way to go. Um, once again, I think you could formulate an argument based on Occam's razor, kind of, uh, for critical realism, um, maybe even a sort of practical argument. Um, uh, but I, I'm not trying to defend it that much here. Once again, I think this is we we are all on some sort of spectrum of critical realism, most likely. So I don't think this is where we're going to disagree. Uh, we think the world is real. We realize you can't be naive about it because it's harder than it first seems to figure out what's real in the world. Uh, so I think critical realism is the way to go. Uh, one final thing I will try to cover quickly uh, in baseline epistemology is uh, a principle that is also key, I think, for baseline epistemology, which is that there are no true contradictions. And this is maybe stepping slightly out of, this is probably stepping slightly out of baseline epistemology. This probably straddles my own epistemology. And this, this is a point where people might di diverge from me. But I think it's key that there are to, to believe that there are no true contradictions in the world. And what I mean by that is uh, plenty of things will seem contradictory on the surface, but if we truly had all the data, and understanding, there would not be a true contradiction. Um, to give an example, uh, if you turn off the lights in a room, then the color of everything is black, technically, sort of. And you turn on the light, then the uh, uh, the wall is now green, let's say. And that, on the surface, is a contradiction. Is the wall black or green? Um, is the dress white or gold, or blue and black? Um, but ultimately, you can dig down and you come up with a more precise definition of color, for instance, of the pigment, and all of a sudden it's not a contradiction anymore. So one of the key reasons I this is important is in logical systems and classical logic, which is the logic we all know of uh, if this, you know, if A and B, C, that sort of thing, if you allow true contradictions, you can actually prove any statement um, in a logical system. In other words, it's it's actually called the principle principle of explosion because it completely explodes a logical system. You can prove anything is true or false. Everything breaks down. So I, I think it's important that in the end, um, there are no true contradictions. All right, we will get into some more details next time. Um, I might do one other quick video on something before getting to the details of like my epistemological system, but I will see you next time.